0: In this edition of the podcast, curating from a distance, the National Portrait Gallery's pub rock exhibition has a very interesting evolution developed and installed with the curator off-site due to COVID border closures. It's a remarkable story told by the curator about putting the show together at a distance of around 860 kilometres. I'm Tim Stackpole and this is Inside the Gallery. Thanks once again for downloading the podcast as we make our way through quite a number of interviews spread across a number of episodes as we head towards the end of the year. And supporting us all along the way through this year, of course, has been a very challenging year. Our friends at Pixel Perfect Pro Lab have continued their support and their assistance contributes to the transcripts of our interviews, which are made available for the hearing impaired. Pixel Perfect Pro Lab do a great job supplying photographic services to the art sector with a special emphasis on faithful colour reproduction of works. And you can learn more about their services at www.pixelperfect.com.au. Now to the Pub Rock Exhibition. It's open at the National Portrait Gallery in Canberra, curated by Joanna Gilmore. The exhibition features a collection of images captured during the Pub Rock era with Plenty of on-stage action shots, as well as more conventional portraiture, if I could put it that way. But the story behind putting the exhibition together is a tale within itself, and the curator is on the phone to tell us all about it. Joanna, thanks for joining us on the podcast. My pleasure, Tim. Did you have this exhibition underway and then you got caught behind the border in Tasmania? What what happened here and how did it all work out?
1: No, sort of the other way around. So, it was the very strange experience whereby I was uh, curating an exhibition without actually being uh, in the art gallery, in the portrait gallery spaces.
0: So, where were you?
1: I I went to Tasmania to go bushwalking with my brother who lives Uh down there Uh Uh, and we were out in the middle of nowhere uh, in a wilderness area. Sort of for about a week, and during that week, the whole COVID 19 situation went from bad to worse. And so, when we got back to civilization, yeah. <laughs> we discovered that the borders had closed, and my flight back to the mainland had been cancelled, and I was just sort of I was in limbo, really, yeah. like, to stay in Tasmania. Uh, my brother's place is at a place called Craddock, which is between Huonville and Signet in the Huon Valley. So, um, about 50k's south of Hobart. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, and luckily, he's got uh, enough space uh, on his property for me to have had a little uh, sort of cabin to myself. <laughs> and i worked there well it's it was uh, ended up being 7 months that i was in tasmania wow. and working uh, working remotely from tasmania including pulling together this exhibition pub rock which uh is it's such a product of its times mm. in, in so many different ways and you know I had the bizarre experience of actually seeing an exhibition that i'd curated
0: finally but <laughs> it's got, it's, got to be, it's one probably not one of the most furthest remote working stories I've heard but it's certainly up there the whole idea of pub rock now I understand it was a It was an exhibition that you guys were going to do anyway, but you brought that forward.
1: That's right. So it was an exhibition, an idea that actually has been kicking around for a long time, and uh, a little bit earlier this year, we sort of made a concerted effort to actually make it happen, I guess. Mm. Uh, But initially what we thought was what we would do is develop it uh, primarily as an exhibition that would tour to regional galleries. Uh Uh, But then uh, when you know, we had to sort of shut down, uh, and when we when we initially shut down at the end of March, uh, we were all expecting that that would be a sort of a, a six-month kind of time frame, and mm. everything that we were working on was just shelved, and we mm. thought, oh, okay, this is an opportunity to work on some other projects that we don't get to work on ordinarily, some mm. research and writing projects, and then, of course, uh, the gallery, we got to reopen much earlier than six months, um, than a six-month sort of closure, which was great in one way, but not so great in that it means that we had to sort of pull together uh, an exhibition program in very, very short <laughs> space yes, of time. Yes. And uh And Pub Rock, being an exhibition that's primarily based in our collection, uh, it was one that was kind of brought forward a long way. So it was mm. brought forward not just in terms of um Time frame, but elevated from being something that we were thinking of touring primarily to something that would actually be premiered here before it goes on the road.
0: Before it travels, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, that was, I guess, the the challenge was not just the the timing, um, but then sort of having to do this kind of very uh, sort of intensive sort of survey of. Of the collection, in terms, mm. sort of just to establish what it was that we had to work with. And remotely. Um, and yeah, doing that remotely and not sort of, you know, and, and people think, oh, you know, that curating an exhibition is just a question of, you know, deciding on a, a list of stuff, but people. I don't think who are outside the industry, don't necessarily realise you actually have to see things. You know, in yeah, you the have flesh. to create
0: the journey. You have to. Yeah, you have to create yeah. a, a story that reflects. Exactly. In between each of the individual items, so they kind of all figuratively talk to each other.
1: Exactly. You know, and had we had more time for this show had we had the sort of, you know, 12 or 18 months that we were sort of initially thinking of, mm. you know, and this is a, a really sort of uh, significant factor I think as well in terms of the, the final product is that we would have had the option of talking to other collections and, you know, going to libraries and archives and other galleries and museums and looking through their collections to see what works they had that might be relevant to the theme yeah. and then loaning those for our show mm. <laughs> to sort of supplement um, mm. what what we had in our own collection and of course that was off limits partly because you know we couldn't physically go to Um, to visit artists or to visit other galleries and and see their collections. And even if we could have done that, we wouldn't have been able to borrow things from other collections in such a sort of short timeframe. So having done this sort of, uh, this kind of trawl through our own collection with this particular kind of lens, this sort of pub rock lens, Mm. we were able to establish that our collection uh, surprisingly, uh, well, perhaps not surprisingly, but it gives us a really, it gave us a really sort of solid kind of chronological Backbone, I suppose, mm. um, but what was missing was the the sort of the muscle and the flesh, right. <laughs> if you like. Yeah, uh, and there were uh, a lot of sort of uh, notable absences, I guess, in terms of that that theme. A lot of notable absences from our collection that we had. We had more time, we would have been able to address, say, from learning from other institutions, but because we didn't have the time to do that or the capacity to do that in sort of working in shutdown and all of us working remotely, uh, what we decided to do was um, reach out to artists who we've uh, we've dealt with previously, artists who we've got a relationship with and who we know, uh, artists who we know were working in this kind of space in the period that we're looking at, the 70s and 80s mm. primarily. Mm. Uh, and we sort of had to do this um, incredible Incredible task of sort of trawling through their collections remotely, identifying uh, what we wanted um, from. Them to contribute to the exhibition, and then of course having to you know get scans and transparencies and stuff physically to the gallery, so mm. that our photographer Mark could um, print them to the photographer's specifications, mm. just to sort of fill out the um, fill out the sort of gaps, so to speak, uh, in in this sort of the the time frame that has been had been established by. Uh, the gallery's own collection so yeah incredibly short space of time Mm. uh, and as you can imagine too an incredibly sort of complex uh, complex project in terms of permissions Mm. so you know we were very sort of strong at the outset is that we wanted um, to utilize sort of we've got sort of two uh, spaces in the the gallery that uh, designated spaces for the display of audiovisual works, and we wanted to utilise those to screen uh, video clips from the period. Just you know, to sort of uh, get visitors in the mood, I suppose, yes, yes. <laughs> for the rest of the exhibition. So, um, in addition to. I guess, the the complexities of, you know, sourcing all of this material remotely, um, working with the artists remotely, printing all of the work and getting it all, you know, matted and framed, et cetera, in time, in this, you know, very sort of tight time frame. There was also this additional sort of rights and permissions complexity mm, mm, on top of it. Mm. Um, and the other thing, you know, is just all of us, like I say, not just me in Tasmania, but everyone sort of. Scattered, you know, all around Canberra mm. um, and having these kind of crazy Zoom meetings where mm. <laughs> we're trying to mm. select an exhibition, um, you know, people screen sharing. And oh, it was just, I, I, I still I look at it now and it's absolutely astonishing that we did it because I mean the show is fantastic our designer Aaron has done an absolutely amazing job
0: yeah
1: um the space and this is another pun here but the space is really singing it's it just (laughs) looks fantastic um visitors are really engaging with it. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, I just can't believe that we pulled it off.
0: The pub rock history of Australia now has great nostalgia. People have tremendous memories and I notice online as well that you actually refer to those sorts of things, the, the sort of things that would remind you of that time. But in terms of your curatorial career now, and and you've talked about how there was limits that you had to work within in putting this exhibition together, Mm-hmm. Will this reflect as a unique project for you, one that perhaps you're not necessarily entirely proud of because you don't have all the content that you wanted, or one that you are significantly proud of because of the way it had to come together?
1: I think the latter. It's I guess it represents something that is very different to the way the Portrait Gallery has done things mm. in the past. Mm. and. As it happens, you know, uh, as you're probably aware, we we have a new director and we're sort of, uh, the gallery's going in some sort of very new and interesting directions. And, you know, we're rethinking the way we use individual gallery spaces and, and all sorts of things. We're sort of re- rethinking, I guess, uh, everything that impacts on on our collection development and on our exhibitions sort of going forward. Mm. And so it's almost as if, uh, COVID-19 sort of forced our hand a little bit. So we were going to have to, you know, rethink and get creative and sort of reimagine the way we do certain things anyway. Yeah, not, yes. not everything that we do, but specific sort of projects. We were thinking, oh, let's kind of mix it up a bit and try something a little bit different. Uh, and, you know, that's the other really interesting thing about sort of creating this exhibition in lockdown. I mean, it's sort of it's – there's been kind of um, thematic impacts in that we didn't want to create – an exhibition that was a really sort of serious kind of scholarly, yes. um, you know, yes. <laughs> A to Z of Australian rock music.
0: It'd probably our PhDs you can get in pub rock.
1: Well, yeah. We just sort of felt, you know, visitors, they're going to have been locked up in their houses for a few months. Mm. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's, you know, a lot of... Uh, a lot of sadness in the world <laughs> at the yeah, moment yeah, and yeah. people maybe just wanted to to come to the to the gallery for a bit of respite and a bit of sanctuary and just to sort of just to sort of celebrate a bit and and lighten up a bit and so that's um that you know that aspect of nostalgia I think is really really important we didn't necessarily want people to be coming to an exhibition and being fed information and feel as if you know they had to Respond to what was on the wall in a in a very sort of conventional art gallery way. We wanted them to feel and to remember, and to dance or sing or you know whatever (laughs) whatever sort of takes the mood. And I think the other thing that's really sort of come through for me personally in the exhibition as well is the way that music and artists artists and musicians and writers, you know, they're the people that help us remember the good times, but also remember the bad times mm. as well. Mm. And they're the people who mm. help us make sense of of what's going on around us. And so, uh, the exhibition's very much a product of that kind of moment in time, I guess you'd say. Mm. And then, you know, there are all sorts of things that people wouldn't necessarily think about in terms of like, you know, uh, social distancing within the gallery and uh, laying the works out so that people aren't kind of congregated. There's not, you know, 10 people congregated around the one kind of painting at any one time. Yes. And right. um, yep. so um, in terms of whether I'm proud of it, it's, yeah, I'm sort of getting back to what your initial question, it is because it's it's shown that we can do this, you know, we can rethink the way we think about our own collection. And and like I say, it you know, COVID-19 sort of forced our hand, but it's been really refreshing to work with the collection in in this sort of different way and no it's not how we would have chosen to do it but it it's been quite i guess quite exhilarating so yeah i'm i'm proud of it from that certainly from that perspective
0: a few quick questions before i let you go uh, roughly the number of of items you have in the exhibition
1: uh, don't quote me, but there's around about 130.
0: <laughs> okay, more than 100? Yeah,
1: so over 100. More, more
0: than 100 items in the exhibition? Yeah. Do you have a, a favourite piece?
1: Uh, yes. Well, I've got three favourites. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, all works from the Portrait Gallery's collection. Uh, one of them is a painting by Jenny Watson of Robert Forster, Lindy Morrison and Grant McLennan, three little individual works, and they're paintings that she made for the uh, f- album cover of the the Go Betweens' first album, yes. "Send Me a Lullaby," in 1981. Um, they are works that we acquired for the collection. That's it's. I mean, I'm just an absolute go-betweens fanatic and that's sort <laughs> yeah, of, you know, one good. of the wonderful things about researching this exhibition and one of the reasons why I think it's been so enjoyable is that it's given me an excuse to spend a lot of time on Spotify and on YouTube revisiting yeah. all of these bands that kind of, you know, shaped my <laughs> shaped my formative years. Mm-hmm. Um, so The Go-Betweens is is the painting by Jenny Watson of The Go-Betweens is one. Um, the other two works, of course, well, that you're probably familiar with, um, Nick Cave's Portrait by Howard Arkley, which is one of the first um, two works that we uh, commissioned for the National Portrait Gallery's collection in 1999. It's, uh, It's an icon of the collection for all sorts of reasons, including the most obvious ones. And once again, Nick Cave's one of those incredibly, just breathtakingly talented and fascinating individuals and using uh, or thinking about the portrait as a way to sort of once again revisit Nick Cave and and his music and his or well, his incredible output in all sorts of formats not just music has been a, a really wonderful experience and has yes. given me a kind of a you know heightened appreciation of that work i think
0: And he has that um he has that famous quote about Canberra about that thinking that Canberra is, is its own bubble and very sterile, but he, he said something like um, he didn't like it because there's...
1: There's too many punks, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and that third piece you like?
1: The third piece is, once again, another work that was commissioned for the National Portrait Gallery's collection, and it's a, a portrait by X de' Medici of Midnight Oil. Oh, yes. Um, called Nothing's as Precious as a Hole in the Ground, and it's hmm. just the most you know, astonishing sort of multi-layered work, the work in itself is, it just sort of says so much, not just about Midnight Oil, but about X and about, you know, that sort of whole moment and all of those uh, very sort of powerful messages and issues that Midnight Oil were being outspoken about in their music, I guess. So once again, it's a a work that really sort of captures something, a, a portrait that captures so much beyond
0: the portrait itself. And the last question is, Was there anything about putting this exhibition together that surprised you?
1: Well, one of the things that came out of uh, this process was, you know, we were trying to be as, as national as possible, I suppose. So make sure that, you know, they're all states and territories and so forth were sort of represented. And I was kind of, you know, one of those people that thought oh what's Canberra got to offer (laughs) Uh (laughs) you know being an outsider I'm not a Canberra native I, you know I moved here for work and uh but one of the things that we did with the exhibition was we reached out to uh the woman who manages the archive of a a Canberra photographer named Pling Mm -hmm. um Kevin Prudhoe's his real name but he went his stage name I suppose you'd say was Pling who documented all sorts of venues and bands who uh played in Canberra all throughout the 70s and 80s, and not just the sort of the big name bands who were stopping off in Canberra en route to either Sydney or Melbourne, but the local scene as well. And that has just been, you know, it's been such a, a, a revelation in terms of the way, not just the, the photos themselves, but specifically how this aspect of the exhibition and, and Pling's work is In a way, this sort of it mirrors outsiders' attitudes of Canberra. I mean, Mm -hmm. everyone sort of thinks of Canberra as just being, you know, boring old place full of public servants and politicians, and Mm. (laughs) you know, sort of dull and bland and not a lot going on here. Whereas, in fact, um, Bling's photographs demonstrate a completely different. Story. Um, And even sort of in himself, you know, he was sort of a public servant by day and edgy photographer by night Mm -hmm. kind of deal. You know, he'd go around to all of these um, venues at the ANU and the Hellenic Club in Woden and uh, all sorts of places where you wouldn't necessarily expect to see bands in Canberra Uh, and where people like the Ramones played at the Hellenic Club in. In Woden, and if you're familiar with Canberra and familiar with the Hellenic Club in Woden, you'd be absolutely staggered <laughs> to think that the Ramones played there.
0: Yes, I think uh, Woden for many years was often referred to as Nappy Valley because it was full exactly. of young families. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> so it's uh yeah that the the playing section, the Canberra section, uh, and uh, two walls of of one of the galleries that are, are full of these wonderfully energetic sort of edgy photos not just of like I say not just of the big name bands that were traveling through here often midweek because they were on their way to gigs in Sydney or Melbourne on a Friday or Saturday night so if you want to see you know in excess in Canberra chances are it would be a Tuesday or a Wednesday Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but so not just the big bands like I say but you know all of these um artists who originated in Canberra, bands that originated in Canberra too. Um, And even people like Peter Garrett, you know, he he was uh, a a law student at the ANU when he sort of first became a musician. And he talks about how... um, what a fan, that Canberra was a really fantastic sort of training ground for him as a yeah. young muso because you might only be playing to six or seven people and, you know, some bar at the ANU, but they were six or seven people who were really, really into what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's been the crucible for a lot of really significant rock acts and, of course, it, it you know, had this incredible sort of thriving scene, not just of its own, but uh, a, a thriving scene as a, a venue for better known uh, performers as well.
0: Hmm. Joanna, thank you so much for sharing your your time and your thoughts and your experience in putting this show together on Inside the Gallery.
1: My pleasure, Tim.
0: Joanna Gilmore there, the curator of the National Portrait Gallery's Pub Rock exhibition, a great exhibition a remarkable story too about how the team pulled all of that together, pretty much all in isolation. And if you want to learn more about the exhibition or make some plans to visit the exhibition in Canberra, head to the gallery's website, At www.portrait.gov.au It's a great exhibition, no doubt about it, plenty of memories there. And in our next episode, we preview the new AusFlix art streaming service. AusFlix is currently available online but soon their new offer will include a streaming service dedicated to art in Australia. And to ensure that you don't miss that interview in the upcoming episode of the podcast, please sign up to our new episode alert service. You'll find the link at www.insidethegallery.com.au. You definitely won't be spammed, I promise you. There's also links at our website to our Facebook and Instagram pages. And do what you can over the coming weeks and months to support the arts. It's a tough time, but keep safe. and Follow social distancing as locally advised. I'm Tim Stackpole. Catch you soon on the next episode. Bye-bye for now.